welcome to the Voices of the Potomac podcast by Meeting Professionals International Potomac Chapter. On our twice monthly podcast, you will hear from MPI chapter and global leaders, as well as industry experts speaking on all things related to meetings and events. Our podcasts are released on the first and third Wednesday of each month, so set those reminders and be in the know. I'm very excited about this one. This is our third in a series with Asagid Habtawald. We really appreciate you educating our members and our leaders and, and want to be leaders and, and leaders that are looking for leaders to fill in their place. Um, the series has been outstanding and I'm, I'm a little bit you know, uh, sad that this is the last one, but looking forward to, to talking through how we articulate our leadership on this one and then how we develop our people. As we said in the, the first of this three-part three series with you, um, you know, you can't really move into that leadership position until you've got somebody that can fill in the void that you're going to leave. So why don't we talk a little bit about that, articulating your leadership and then, and then getting into the developing your people piece. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Troy, for the opportunity. I enjoyed our conversation. Great stories, great questions. When it comes to articulating our leadership philosophy in the book, it is the ninth antidote. This is very important to every leader. And I have encountered a couple of leaders who came up to me and shared with me, here is my leadership philosophy and give me some feedback. And I was also a team member of some leaders who share their leadership philosophy from day one. This is a tradition for a lot of leaders. Actually, Ken Blanchard, he wrote a book called A One-Minute Manager. Of course, he's just using a metaphor, one minute. It may take you more than one minute. But the argument he had was that when you become a manager, when you become a leader, the first thing you should do, take one minute and clarify your expectations with your people. That's why I'm suggesting that you are a new leader. You just promoted. It doesn't matter whether you're a supervisor, a manager, or an executive. When you promoted, you knew you need to really articulate your leadership philosophy and share that, if possible, from day one. I actually I gave some suggestions, like I gave them template in the book what you should include in the leadership philosophy. First of all, tell them what you view about leadership. For example, in your case, you mentioned about leadership for you is servant leadership, which means leadership for you is service. So that leader should articulate about their philosophy about leadership. How do they view leadership? Some people may view it as service. Some people view it as a way of tapping into their potential raising others, whatever is your view about leadership, share with them. And also share with them your expectations from them, what you expect from them, and then what they should expect from you, and also your values, what matter for you the most. They need to know that. And also share with them about how you like to communicate with them going forward. And you can also add something like how you may evaluate them, how you may provide them feedback and so on. They need to know these things because if you don't do 
if you don't articulate your leadership philosophy from the get-go, what happens is that you are creating room for a lot of misunderstanding with your people. They may take it personal. What you do, they may not like it. They may judge you. They may misunderstand you. But if you clarify it, even if they disagree with you, if, even if they don't like what you say, what you decide and what you do and your style, at least they will say, you know what? He was a straight about this with me. And they, they would say, I don't like it. I don't want it, but understand it. Articulating our leadership philosophy from the get-go, especially for first-timers is very, very important. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. You, you kind of automatically think that you don't have a voice when you're in those lower positions in whatever organization you're with. So I think recognizing that that the title doesn't have to make you who you are is a really, really big piece and sort of being able to let go of that and speak up or articulate um, and be that leader without even having the, you know, the pay for it or the title for it is, is really um, something that's important to me. It was one of the most important things in my career, in my life. It really gave me a foundation of being proud of myself which is outstanding to be able to do something like that, right? Awesome, awesome. That's very important. You mentioned uh, a very critical aspect of uh, leadership. Actually, last week, I was facilitating a webinar on uh, leading without formal authority, and I was telling them exactly what you said, especially when you are a new leader, when you are, let's say, someone who doesn't have a title or authority, you may think you don't have any power, any leverage, but you have. You don't need to wait until you have been given authority, title, and so on and so forth. Actually, great leaders, they don't depend on their title. They don't depend on their authority. They lead by example. And also they make sure that they know what they're doing. They, they go the extra mile they over deliver and they earn their respect people listen to them follow them influenced by them because they lead by example actually in the second part of that webinar i told them that not only you could be able to lead your peers you could also even lead your superiors it's possible to lead upward because at the end of the day, think about it. I'm a leader. Maybe I'm a project manager or a supervisor, a team leader, or even I'm not a leader. But I need resources. I need the best people. I need to, to, to get some approvals. Maybe I have some suggestions, recommendations. If I don't know how to influence upward, I cannot do anything because I'm there. I don't have the resources. I don't have the authority. I don't have the title. I need some help. But I cannot do that unless I know how to influence upward. Now, great leaders, what they do is that they do their homework. They know more about their leaders, their aspirations, their needs. They, uh, they, they put the best interest of their leaders in their heart. They create a relationship with them, rapport with their leaders, understand what, what they like, what they don't like, their point of view. And therefore, whenever they pitch their ideas, whenever they have some, some needs or requests, they always articulate according to the needs, the aspirations, the agenda, the priority of the decision makers. And guess what? 
they will get what they want. But a lot of leaders, especially emerging leaders, they go out there and say, I need this, my team need this. That doesn't work much. It's not influencing upward. You have to know that these leaders, they have a lot of projects, a lot of things. You're, com you're competing with a lot of teams, a lot of projects. For you to outstand and get, get what you want without title, without authority, then you have to depend on your influence. And you have to know how to communicate with your superiors and decision makers to get what you want for you, for your team, and of course, for your organization and the greater good. Yeah, thank you for that. That's that's perfect. Again, we're talking with Asagid Habtawald, who's the author of Overcoming First-Timer Syndrome, an Amazon number one bestseller. He's an author, a coach, a facilitator. Um, you've worked in the U.S. and overseas. We're kind of coming to the last bit of our of our third uh, podcast with you, but um, talk a little bit more about developing. You know, so I want to move up. Who? How do I find someone to fill in that void? What's what am I looking for? And 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 that that piece of it. The first thing I want to mention is that no team, no organization, no nation could be able to go above the potential of their people. What does that mean? If we don't have enough leaders in a given association, in a given organization, in a given business, in a given community, we're not going anywhere more than and above our people. Therefore, raising leaders at all levels is very important. Unfortunately, a lot of organizations are not intentional. In some cultures, it's very normal. It's a tradition. You raise, like we mentioned about, if you want to be promoted, raise somebody else. It's a culture. Therefore, if you do it, you are rewarded. Therefore, you raise others. Actually, some leaders not only raise their successors, they raise the successors of key people in their team. Because somebody may quit, resign. Something may happen on that on that leader. So you want to make sure that you have successor for that person. You team them up. You want this person to empower, coach, and mentor that successor. First timers, even if you are new to your leadership role, think about raising the next leaders. First of all, it's going to help you now to deliver because as a first timer, you have to prove, you have to have a track record and people need to be convinced that you are the right leader. To do that, you need to have a, a team that works like, works like a well-oiled machine. To do that, you need to develop them. You need to train them by yourself or find resources within the organization or from outside. On top of that, you should also Prepare yourself for the next level. Now, one thing I want to mention is a lot of leaders, especially when they are first-timers, they are already overwhelmed with their first-time leadership role, so they're not thinking to the next role. But I advise them, hey, while you're here and fulfilling your responsibilities and delivering your results, make sure you raise others who are going to take your place so that you could be able to go to the next level. So developing others... It's very important to you to go to the next level, very important to deliver now, very important to raise leaders at all levels for the organization so that the organization could go to the next level. 
This is an absolute perfect segue. So we're here as part of Meeting Professionals International, MPI. I have been a volunteer with MPI, uh, various chapters and, and on global for over a decade now. I've also served on other boards and, and it's just something that my, my father was, a, was on a board of directors as a volunteer um, for his professional organization or association. Um, that servant leadership is such a huge part. You can't take a role within Meeting Professionals International as a volunteer unless you have a succession plan. Because you're a volunteer, you're going to want to move up or you're going to try it for a year and you're going to move out. So you've, one of the first questions they're going to ask you is, or maybe not the first question, but once you're into your role is going to be, what is that succession plan? And we usually, we work on a one-year cycle. We're usually at that six-month mark. We've got that next person in place. And I think more organizations could be more successful if they took that sort of approach that you know, we're kind of volunteers, we're, we're valued, and uh, but keep backfilling because people want to move on. Uh, by the way, I want to emphasize to the people who are watching, I know a lot of people, when they are members of an association, they think that uh, only special people become board members, uh, committee leaders, and so on. Mm -hmm. But everyone, this is your association. Even if you are new, you can volunteer according to your passion and experience. Don't wait for years or months before you volunteer, before you raise your hand and say, I'm here to serve. Yeah, I'm, yes. I'm new to uh, meeting professionals uh, international, but I reached out to the president of our chapter saying that, hey, I want to volunteer. And she connected me with one of the committees, which is a leader, the leadership uh, committee. And I started to volunteer, writing articles, blogs, and reached out again and saying, I just published a book. How can I serve using the book? And you know, I was connected with you and you gave me the platforms and here you go, I'm serving the association. Therefore, wherever they are, right now you're listening, don't think that you're not ready. You are more than ready. And also you learn while you're serving. Therefore, mm -hmm. find out some opt-in opportunities, apply, ask, and serve your association. That's perfect. I'm actually giving a talk next week in Austin, Texas on... Um, Networking. I work in business development, so we're building relationships and things like that. So a, a client actually asked me to speak at their conference uh, about building relationships and, and things. And a, a significant part of my one-hour talk, a, a good 10 minutes, 15 minutes of it, is finding a place to volunteer. Because that sets you out from other, makes you more interesting than just another sales guy or just another whatever, right? I, I use an example and, and, you know, my title is Vice President of Marketing and Business Development. Well, if you search that on LinkedIn, there's half a million of us out there. So yeah. what sets you apart, right? So uh, this, this um, three-part series has been amazing. I'm going to finish with a little story, you know, in, in the second one, um, I shared a little bit about the first time I was my my role as a leader and having to and and having to just make sure I hired the right people, put them in the right spot. I was so nervous. I was scared all the way through that, that movie. And that movie actually had a it was a Disney movie actually had a resurgence. You know, this was in 1995, I think we were working on this. Um, but it had a resurgence recently. It was on TV and um one of those uh 
technicians that, that was working for me said that it was one of the greatest experiences of his life. And he had already been in the industry for quite a while, but it, it had just allowed him to maybe midway through his career um, revitalize. It's amazing what you, you can do with leadership and, and being open to, to the challenge of leadership even. What, what a story, what a, a legacy for you. And that's why Personally, me, I take leadership, I volunteer, I empower leaders because at the end of the day, you know, when you look back, you should be proud of how you spent your life on this planet. You have one life, one opportunity, and you want to maximize that. And what a better way than stepping up, even if you're feeling like you're not adequate or well prepared to take lead and think about you, how far you have come because of that risk taking that courage that ability to step up and fill the gap because that's how you shape your future and anyone listening i want to encourage them actually i wrote this book overcoming the first timer syndrome on purpose for people to really step up and overcome first timer syndrome because people are afraid to take but think about you if you were afraid, if you declined from taking that first leadership role, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be here because it matters. Uh, think about immunization. If you are immunized, you don't fear a disease because you are immunized. The more yeah. you step up and take leadership, you are immunized. The next, the next uh, leadership role, you're not afraid that much. You're not scared that much. You're not making a lot of mistakes like that. Wherever you are, actually, I can challenge everyone that when we volunteer and take leadership, whatever we do, that makes us better person, better fathers, better mothers, better brothers, better sisters, better citizens. Ah, oh, beautifully put. What a wonderful, you know, three podcast series that we've put together. Um, I, this was this was outstanding. Thank you so much, AZ. Really appreciate you taking the time for, for myself and for our chapter and our members. Um, if somebody wants to reach out to you, maybe they, they're like, I would like to just ask a question, or maybe there's an organization out there that wants to bring you on board in, in order to help them fill in the, you know, the leaders that are, you know, we're going through this great resignation that they keep talking about. Um, how can we get in touch with you? So I'm a transition and uh, transformation strategies at Success Pathways. So if they go www.successpws.com, www.successpws.com, they could be able to uh, find out the different products and services that we deliver. They can also find me on social media. If they have any question, they can also reach out to me via email, Asigid, my first name, A-S-S-E-G-I-D at successpws.com. Fantastic. Asigid Habtawal, the author of Overcoming First-Timer Syndrome, an Amazon number one bestseller humbling us by being on our, our little podcast that we have for the Potomac chapter. Thank you again. Thank you so much for taking the time to put these three, three podcasts together for us. Thank you very much, Troy, for the opportunity. I enjoyed our conversation. Anytime you need me in the area of my expertise, I'm always here to serve. Thank well, you. I told so you much. our office isn't too far from where you live, so I'm going to come by and we'll, we'll go for that coffee. Thank you That's so much, Jay-Z. I'd love to. Again, for everybody listening, our podcasts are released on the first and third Wednesday of each month. So set those reminders and be in the know.
Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you.